Hello, I'm Brad. And I'm Jason. You are listening to Dice, Dice in, in My Mind. Last week, we started our discussion on diversity, equity, inclusion. I think it's a very important topic. Jason and I both think, sorry, that I shouldn't have even said it that way. We both believe this is an important topic. And, and I think we're starting to see change. What's the best way to put this? Change becoming normal. Normalization of change. Like, like we talked about last week of everyone having a place at the table. I mean, both figuratively and literally. Literally, right. Um, you know, we both have daughters. Um, mm-hmm. We know, I mean, we know people of every creed and type. We we try, you know, and I shouldn't say we try. Um, our core group of friends are, you know, are very diverse. They just mm-hmm. are. In, in background, in belief, in, yeah, in, yeah absolutely. Yeah, very different. Tonight, we oh, have... Yeah a very special guest um oh but but we doing this because uh-huh. you want me to you want me to say it yep this not this is your life this is episode 25 episode 25 tonight we begin the march to 100 i'm gonna have to get into shape for that Yep. So I get winded at 15. So by the, yeah. the just by the sheer fact we're at 25. That's why we record five. sitting down. Yep, exactly. So, you know, we we don't we're gonna have a we're gonna have a conversation tonight with someone, and it's going to have these topics of of DEI. But we want to look at this from a holistic perspective. Um, we're going to um, have a discussion with Shelley Mazanoble. Who yep. is a, yeah who is and we've been this is one we've been waiting for yeah um, been looking forward to this you know so, looking forward to this one go ahead because be, i was just saying and and we're so interested to speak with shelly because of her cred writing right writing books as we'll discuss uh, about uh, a feminist perspective and a feminist experience with dnd and 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 role-playing games more broadly and this is something that brad and i we've been talking about uh for for months actually um and and tonight tonight we're we're finally making good on on a wish that we've had for quite some time yeah i i think we need to jason and i both have daughters um like i said we have a very diverse group it would you know we know that um D &D, born out of my home state um you know, it, it, it was the domain of the white male for many, many years. Anyone who wanted to play that was outside of that realm didn't, didn't really feel welcome at the table. That's changed dramatically. Um, and it's changed dramatically in, for an, in a number of ways through a number of vehicles. And I believe Shelley's one of those vehicles just with her writings Right. And her involvement, her and her husband work for Wizards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shelley hosts Dragon Talk. Mm-hmm. Yep, co-hosts Dragon Talk. Yep. You've probably heard of it. Yep, probably have. Talking to someone who who experienced this, experiences this, sees it, and is trying to be part of that mechanism for change. And even though, as you'll hear in our interview, 
uh, Shelley is an expert at D&D. You can't get much closer to the inside. And so her her experience and um, and her insights and what she will share in a few minutes are, are really invaluable. So without further ado, Shelley Mazzanovo is the author of Confessions of a Part-Time Sorceress, A Girl's Guide to Dungeons & Dragons Role-Playing Game, and Everything I Need to Know I Learned from Dungeons & Dragons, One Woman's Quest to Trade Self-Help for Elf Help, and co-hosts the official Dungeons & Dragons podcast, Dragon Talk, which will be the subject of her third book coming fall 22. When she's not writing books with really long subtitles, she's writing about her child, who thankfully hasn't added the word litigation to his vocabulary yet. You can find Shelly on Twitter or Instagram at, at Shelly Moo and her blog at ShellyMazanoble.com. So we have tonight, and we just got done talking about this, so I'm going to get this right. Shelly Mazanoble, right? Nailed it. Got it. Yes. Nailed it. Um, author, uh, D&D expert, um, mother. Um, I, I could go on and on. I don't Host of Dragon Talk. Some yes. of you listeners may have heard of that too. May have heard that. Yeah. Um, you know, not like I don't listen to that all the time or have that on my podcast either. Now that I'm brown nosing a little bit. So um, Shelly's joined us tonight so that we can talk about, well, we could talk about anything. Um so we're going to let the conversation be organic. I'm just going to stop talking and we'll see where it goes. But um, I actually kid because that's normally how interviews fail. Um, one of us has to talk. One of us has to talk, yeah. <laughs> so let me ask. So, Jace, you you saw this too. Why don't we can start here and then we'll let it go wherever it goes. You got into D&D, what was it, about 15 years ago, it sounds like. Oh, my or, God. You know, yeah. Sorry, too soon. Yes. Yeah. It has been. And and I'm I actually flinched when I heard you introduce <laughs> me as a DD expert. I'm like, oh no. Well, but now I'm 15 years. I should be. I really yeah. should be. Well, amongst the three of us, you are. Well, you could at least say that. Okay. Oh no. Okay. So and you do co-host the official podcast. I mean, that's serious cred. And I mean, obviously, we've we've listened to you guys, so we know you know more than most. Well, I mean, I know how to ask questions to people um, because I, I like to represent like the new player, like yeah, Greg, yes. you know, he knows a lot. He's been yeah. playing for a long time. He's a dungeon master. He's a player. He's got the rules down. And I feel like right. I genuinely don't know probably 95% of the rules. So I get to ask <laughs> those questions, the questions that are new, new to D&D listeners yeah. are at home thing. I God, I wish somebody would ask. And that's me. That's my that's job. Cool. <laughs> I, for, I dm for jace and i call yeah. it dm prerogative I, but i was gonna say i but i do think shelly that that because i want to get into your book soon but talking about dragon talk for a sec i do think that comes across i know when i listen to it even though thanks to brad i'm really into DD these days that's what not even a year ago maybe a year ago red mm -hmm. so there's so much that's new to me in terms of the finer points of the mechanic and and when I listen, I, I think that translates because the questions you ask, the comments you make, it's very unpresumptive, right? I never feel like an idiot around the game listening to the discussion thanks to the way you do that. Okay, good. Seriously. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. So how, how did you, so, 
okay, we won't use the number anymore. When you dude did start getting into this, even yeah. before Dragon Talk and all that, yeah. yeah, what was the onus behind it? I started working on the D and D team at Wizards when oh, I was hired at Wizards a million and a half years ago. <laughs> I was actually hired to work on Magic. And I didn't know oh. anything about magic either. Um, I was not hired because I was a gamer. I was not a gamer. I, yeah. I had marketing and promotions experience. And um, I mean, I liked games like party games, card games, things like yeah. that. But like magic was wholly new to me. And it was actually quite new to everybody. Back right. then. It was like, you know, 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, so I worked on magic and then I worked on a, a couple other games. I just kind of was moving around the company and eventually we um we had a publishing department that published D, &D novels and also the D, D books that everybody yep. knows and loves um they were starting a children's book imprint and oh. there were people on that team that knew i had an interest in writing and publishing and asked me if i wanted to join that team and work on the marketing side for the kids books which yeah. i loved it was an amazing opportunity and a great team of people working there but it became evident uh you know fairly quickly that i didn't i didn't know anything about dungeons and dragons i had managed this was probably like seven years into my employment oh, wow. at wizards and i had managed to avoid those D, &D people <laughs> for the most wow. part uh i knew they existed i knew it was a game that wizards published i they seemed like nice people every now and again <laughs> I would walk into a conference room, which I now realize was a was uh, Chris Perkins's handwriting. I don't know if you've Oof. ever seen his handwriting. He is no. freakishly neat, like perfect typewriter font handwriting. Oh wow! It's weird. Um, and I would come into a conference room, and there would be words written on the whiteboard, words that had a lot of consonants and a lot of apostrophes and not very many vowels. <laughs> And, and then like these very, very detailed maps. And then the only words that I could comprehend on the board were do not erase, which right. I later realized like this must've been a room that Perkins was running his D and D games in. Um, and I was just like, who, these people, like these D and D people, they're weird. I don't know what's happening in these conference rooms. They're probably all in costumes. They're probably <laughs> using funny voices. They're probably casting real spells. And I'm right. sure that my mom would not want me hanging around right. these people. So I just kind of like dipped my toe into that D&D &D well with the children's books. Like these are kid books. These are kid novels. And, you know, what what harm could come to this? But eventually somebody, probably my boss, was like, you, you're going to need to learn how to play D&D. &D. Mm -hmm. And there's actually a lot of new people on this team and they need to learn. So guess what? you're playing show up like look yeah. or check your email for an invitation because you're coming to a game yeah fine so are the, the dungeon master uh his his name i i think i i write about him a lot in confessions of a part-time sorceress and i think i called him teddy teddy was my dungeon master and yeah. teddy helped me create my first character uh -huh. and i no exaggeration i think it took like 23 hours to make that character <laughs> it was like this was it back in 3.5 and okay. i had so just imagine somebody who has zero knowledge of role-playing games zero knowledge of dungeons and dragons not even really an a, an interest in fantasy in general right so and the, trying to create this character from scratch and i was just like oh i'm so bored oh my god this game is just math and 
pencil eraser shavings and it's just like oh <laughs> i can't um i think i just like made a bunch of dice towers just stacking dice while he just did the math and would occasionally ask me a question like what what kind of spells would you like what what how tall is your character what, yeah. what race in class i chose an elf sorceress um and then when we got to that fun stuff like actually yeah. personalizing her and the right. spells were really intriguing to me um then i started to get interested um and i named her astrid and her made i had just come back from a trip to las vegas so her last name was bellagio because hey. <laughs> we ate like the best brunch ever at the Bellagio Casino. So I'm like, yeah, yeah. She's comes from like, you know, casino owners. For sure. That's my character, nice. Astrid. Um, and then he he gave me her mini and I just found it again. Oh, that's I mean, cool. I just found her. Well, anyway, he gave me he handed me this or he I think he just like dug through his minis and he was like, yeah. here, this one looks like like a wizard. And she was this tiny little beautiful blonde wizard in these pink flowy robes. She was holding a staff in her arm. And I just said, I love her. I, uh-huh. I, I can't believe, like, I don't know why I feel so emotional about, probably because it was like 23 hours of creating right. this character. But no, I, I, I love her. And so I started playing with this group. We were all, I think with the exception of one person, we were all really new. And it just was so surprising to me that like there were several times in the game when I was like, have we started? Like, what is it? Is it happening? Yeah. Cause it was just talking. Yeah. Like our dungeon master just was like, Oh, you're here. And this is what's happening. And here's this quest. And do you choose to accept it? And, you know, we were like, wait, are we playing? Is this, (laughs) has the game started Teddy? Like what? Where's the board? Like, <laughs> how do we? How do you win? That's awesome. It was. I. I honestly like a lot of questions like that from all of us. We're like, this is. We, how do I win this? Why are you asking me a question? I don't know what the rules are. Like, the, there's no like, there's rules, but there's no rules. You know, you can just say and do whatever you want. Um. As so I think after that first game. I just got it. Like, I didn't get it. Like, I know the rules and now I shall be a dungeon master. I mean, like I got, I start really understood what it was about this game and was really regretful that it took me this long to figure that out. I wish I had played as a child. I don't know if either of you played as a child. Mm -mm, You guys, did you come to this as a I played the, I just joked with Jason. It's, it wasn't primordial, but I played the original red box. Mm-hmm. When I was um, when you were eight, nine, ten years yeah. old, and it was right before the what it, well, someone else called it the Satanic Panic of yeah. the mid eighties. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was it, and then we both picked it up and started doing it. What yeah. probably two years ago or so, James? Oh, oh wow. I mean, not not yes. Yeah, so I I have a memory. I played. I don't. I don't know what it was. I was just a PC. I played one game on a at a sleepover in like sixth grade and it was a group of kids and uh anyway we were all well behaved and so our friend our our dm right he he gave us the choice of going to you can either go to you know the the tavern 
or you can go to this thing. And we're all like, we're going to the tavern. And he's like, no, you can't. And, and we're like, no, that sounds really interesting. I mean, none of us knew anything from that. And that was, that was the whole game. That was, that it ended. And oh. then, I mean, and then we are still, Brad and I are at the moment, you're going to beat me to the next one, Brad, but we're both 47. You got me into D and didn't play again until about a year ago. So I was mid forties and I was really resistant to it, but mm-hmm. I, cause I'm into sci-fi fantasy is not my thing, but Brad had finally gotten, I so want to get back into role-playing that uh, from, from when I was a teen and a young adult with Star Wars. Um, <clears throat> I, Brad got me into Pathfinder, kicking and screaming because he wanted to do Pathfinder, but it was just too crunchy. And it's, I, I have some issues with the artwork and the misogyny and all that. And I know that whatever, we'll get there. But, um, but then, then we got into this a little bit, swung back to Star Wars. And then Brad's like, you know, why don't we try 5e? And I'm like, okay, it looks like it's a pretty, you know, the books are so affordable now compared to some of the others. I'm like, I'll give it a shot. I'll get the player's handbook and we'll see what happens. And um, I mean, Brad, you fell in love with 5e. I think I I fell in love almost immediately. Like within a few hours of spending time with the manual, I was like, this is awesome. This hmm. is this is like, how have I not done this before? So yeah, I'm all in now. We, bo- we both are. Hence, hence this discussion. I know. I, and it I will... predated it predated the pandemic. I know a lot yeah, of yeah, people picked yes, it up. You're right. Yeah. 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 Now I will say one of the things, Shelly, that really, really hit, hooked me from the beginning about Dungeons and Dragons, uh, especially in the past few years of just reading up on it, is the change in tone. At all levels, it seems. Well, like everything from like the communications that Wizards puts out about the game and and its intent, all the way to the the published printed goods, which are always beautiful, but the inclusivity that's there now, that seems to be growing, almost with every release, that just I don't think has historically been there in RPGs, and certainly wasn't there, right? It back in the seventies. And, and 80s. And that's one of the one of the things that led us really naturally to reaching out to you asking, hey, could you spare a few minutes? Because I mean, just just as a thinking feeling person in 2021, the end of 2021, I guess, when this comes out, I mean, we we need to be having these conversations and the characters in our games ought to look like the best of our society today. And then just as a dad of two young women, it's like, why would I want to I mean, I'm not a 12-year-old guy anymore, right? I'm not a, a naive kid anymore. Why would I want to play anything in a world that could, didn't have at least the potential, if not just automatically the ability to represent them as well as it represents me? And 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 I got to say, 5e for me, um, one of the big draws was, was just how much that was there. Like even seeing discussions on the threads about like, aren't we mistreating orcs? Right. As a, I mean, as dumb as that stuff is, I don't think it is. I think right. that's where we're heading. And so um, I just find that incredibly uh, enamoring uh, about D&D specifically being way ahead of the field, I think of, of certainly any of the other major games. And then, then, you know, you've written books like Confessions of a Part-Time Sorceress, uh, Everything I Need to Know I Learned from Dungeons and Dragons, um, right, subtitled One Woman's Quest to Trade Self-Help for Elf-Help. Um, just the fact that you worked elf into the title, I think is, I know, Thank but, you. um, 
but we saw these things and we thought, my God, this is just so you, I mean, you, you've been doing this thinking this writing this work for quite some time now. I don't know if you feel that the game has caught up with that, but we would just love to get your take on this stuff. However you want to do it, as it applies to D&D, as it applies to gaming in general, to society. I mean, really, the floor is yours. Oh, you might regret that. I doubt it. Um, well, thank you for all of that. And thank you for noticing the work that the D&D team has done. Um, I think you know, we they we often refer to ourselves as the stewards of this brand. And yeah. it's not a job that anyone takes lightly. There's nearly 50 years of history here. There's a lot of love for this game um, inside the building at Wizards of the Coast. That love is uh, extremely present and obvious. Yeah. Um, so I think that our team has done great work, especially with fifth edition to make it more inclusive, to recognize that it's very important for people to see themselves in this game. And you might think it's fantasy, like, I mean, or all just elves, but that's not true. Um, and for a long time, people didn't, people of color, you know, wow, women like didn't feel like D&D was a place that they belonged. Like there's probably a reason why I didn't play D&D in the That's 70s right. and 80s. Like yeah. it just it was not something that was in my orbit and that was yeah. probably somewhat deliberate and it just mm -hmm. didn't cross my path at all. Um but we have taken great strides in making sure that the characters are representative that yeah. when you see uh a book cover you should be able to to recognize somebody who looks like you i remember reading and i can't remember which product it was in but it was about it just was describing the innkeeper and his husband and i was like yeah, right huh look at that oh that yeah you know and it was just so subtle and it was just so important and i and that was years and years ago and there's there's lots of references like that that you'll see mm -hmm. now um mm -hmm. guildmaster's guide to ravnica i think uh, has a, a female um person of color and mm -hmm. i remember talking to um i think it, it was probably one of our dragon talk guests and she said that she saw that she's also a person of color and she yeah. said that when she saw the cover she burst into tears yeah because she hadn't just never never had seen anyone mm -hmm. and, so, and like on the cover of a book on the cover of you know a fantasy role-playing game to see somebody that that looked like her yeah. so i mean i think that that's just a, a an important mission for the the team and yet it's something that's constantly evolving and mm -hmm. that every time a book comes out mm -hmm. and the fans will see improvements they just know that you know every book that comes out, there's going to be, you'll see more and more and more. Yeah. And also that these books take years to publish. So, I mean, right. what, what's being worked on now, you probably won't see until, you know, end of 2023. Wow. Uh, well, no, no. What are we in? Is this 2021? End yeah. of 2022 probably, okay. but you know, yeah. like there's a lot of it, just publishing is just a very long, long game. So, yeah. um, but that, you know, those it's, it's an important thing. And it, and I'm, I appreciate that, that you recognize that as well. I think another really important thing that we've seen is with streaming mm -hmm, because you mm -hmm. are literally seeing people who look like, you know, who are representing lots uh, of different guys, people. You guys are people. nailing it. Mm -hmm. 
But that's like our whole, that's the community. I mean, like anybody can stream a game and, and so many people are, and there's so much good content out there. There's so many great games and there's so many great dungeon masters, but like, you know, we are seeing um, groups that, that are, you know, all female. We're seeing groups that are all people of color. We're seeing people that are all trans and mm-hmm. it's just, it's wonderful to like see this representation out there and, and have people come to the community and feel welcome because they're actually seeing those people, people like them playing this game. One of my, one of my favorite things, because in this arena, because it, it mashes two of my favorite things. Um, I'm a little bit, as Brad will tell you, a little bit into Star Trek. Um, (laughs) uh, 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 And I'm sure you know about, well, obviously you know about this, because I think, I think they even had a session for the D&D celebration. But um, oh, all yeah. of these, right, all these Discovery games, Star Trek Discovery yeah. games um, that are d and I mean, right? I know. <laughs> and, yeah. then, and then because of the Discovery cast, you have this amazingly beautiful amount of representation in these games. And D&D now seems built for it. Um, as, as an aside, I'll just say, for me, the, the rubber hits the road when I can have D&D books out in my house. And granted, my girls are almost 14 and 16. So it's not like they're little, but where I can have any of them out in the house and there's a good chance there's a woman on the cover. If there's not, I know there are lots of them inside and they're not sexualized imagery. Yeah, That's a real hang up for me. And I just, again, I just think it's, I think there are a lot of us who really appreciate the changes because I think we're seeing those changes now out of necessity being picked up by some of the other major game companies mm-hmm. because it's out there now. Yeah, I I agree. I think about, I used to write a column for Dragon Magazine after yeah. Confessions came out. It was called Confessions of a Full-Time Wizard. And the editor said, oh, you're going to like, you're going to get art, key art for your column. And we're going to have somebody illustrate your character. Cause at the time I was playing a tiefling wizard named Tabitha. And so most of what I was writing about was Tabitha. So yeah. I thought, this is awesome. I'm going to actually get character art from an actual artist. This is amazing. And he said, write up a description of Tabitha. Awesome. So I did. And I got the artwork back and she looked like a tiefling. She looked like a wizard, but she, her top she was yeah. bursting out of right. the top like she just had enormous breasts and like literally like the top was like like tearing like right. it looked and i was like i i don't want to be rude <laughs> but i didn't say that i never described her breasts in my right. description right. of this character right. and it's it's so awkward and it's so uncomfortable and i don't really i didn't say this but like look because i was like oh i'm you know i'm so excited to write this column and i don't want to be right, rude right. to like my coworker and my friend but i wish i did <laughs> just to say like can you just go back and like just like put a sweatshirt <laughs> or, <laughs> or some chain mail or, like yeah know. like just give her something like this is very uncomfortable or like i don't want this artwork associated with my column because this is right. not representative of all of who i want to be and who i am and Honestly, the fantasy me would not wear that. I wouldn't wear it. No one wears a halter top to battle. No, like maybe that was just like her daytime outfit, you know, but I, yeah, it was, it was just like very telling of the times, like really like 
nowhere in this art order did somebody say she has very large globus breasts that are <laughs> bursting out of a tiny crop t-shirt. Right. But you just made that you were just like, I'm drawing a fantasy creature. So this is just part of drawing a female fantasy character. Right. Right. Did, so did you so, ever, Oh, go ahead. Jason. No, 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 go ahead. Red. I was just going to say, cause you, you bring up a good point. You know, they automatically assumed that, that those characters needed to be sexualized because yeah. of what they assumed the audience was and yeah. what it was in many ways. Did you see, as you gamed over this time, did you see this transformation coming from elsewhere, kind of this, this modernization of the game or from others, or did you feel like you kind of had to be at the forefront and pull it along rather than watch some of it happen? I feel like it was happening. That's a good question. And always that like the D and D team has always had a lot of, of women on it. Um, women that were in leadership roles as well. And just a lot of uh, men like that are progressive or like, like yourselves, I have daughters and right. you know, just this isn't how we want the brand to be represented. We don't want you, you know, you bring up such a, a great illustration of a, a father who wants to just leave out the player's handbook around the house and it, without being afraid, his daughters mm -hmm. are going to flip through it and you know be horrified by the descriptions. Mm -hmm. None of us want that, but it's, you know, I think back then change was, was brewing but it it's like a slow it was a more at like a glacier pace mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, whereas i think now it's just like i don't even know that it, we can call it change because it's just like inherent it's just like no yes. this is what the brand yeah, is right and i do think with fifth edition there was that stake was well in the ground that this is yeah. this is who we are as a brand this is who we want to be this is where we're going and there's a lot of history again. So when we look at revisiting some of, you know, th there's, there's a lot of problematic content, but there's a lot of great content too. So when you look at, at bringing some of that stuff back, you have to look at yeah. all aspects of it and m make it be what our, our, today's modern audience wants right. to participate in. So, so on that note, maybe, maybe it's a 180, maybe it's not. So your books, mm -hmm. right. So, what was the motivation behind those? I mean, obviously it's got to be related, but why, why those books? Why, why those, why those messages when you wrote them? So Confessions came out in 2007. Just yesterday. Just not yesterday. That, just, just not just that yesterday. I mean, I could yeah. like barely hold a pencil in my young little child Clearly. hand. Absolutely. Um, but that, if that, now I never, proclaimed to be like the first woman to play Dungeons and Dragons no, like at all. Yeah. But I did know that I am probably the opposite of the person that you would stereotypically think played Dungeons and Dragons. Right. Now I am very feminine. I love reality TV. I like to curl up with an Us Weekly and just relax. You know, like I get pedicures. I like come out of Sephora with like 15 different shades of <laughs> eyeshadow up and down my arm trying on it. Like I just, I love that. Yeah. But I also was falling in love with this fantasy role-playing game. And like, and like I said, I'm not a fantasy lover. Yeah. I do not. I'm not someone who gravitates towards fantasy. So I, at the time, 
right prior before to writing confessions, I had worked with an editor at the Seattle times, like writing, like just, you know, a couple of little essays here and there for her, like humorous essays. So I sent her an essay about my secret life as a, this elf sorceress, you know, and she was like, I, I don't get it. I don't even know what you're talking about. (laughs) You're like, you lost me at elf sorceress. Well, like whatever, but I sent it to Liz Shu, whom, uh, is still you know a very instrumental part of the Dungeons and Dragons team she's the, the director of product management um and at the time she was my boss and I was just like oh look, you made me play Dungeons and Dragons and now look I love it and she was like I, I feel like there's something here you know like yeah, this is nice we do because at the time they this was like at the tail end of 3.5 they were already conceiving mm-hmm. fourth edition at this time yeah. um and she was like we want more women to play Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. Like we we really want this, you know, to appeal to more to more yeah. women. Yep. And I feel like you're on to something here. Like definitely, again, not professing like women have never known about Dungeons and Dragons until you have showed up here. Right. Um, but, you know, this is you're kind of speaking to an audience mm-hmm. that we haven't spoken to before. So maybe you could flesh this out and maybe, you know, Maybe there's a book or something here. And I was like, yeah. they know more. So I ran home and I wrote a book proposal and it, part how to, but also part memoir, like just like, you know, more personal essays about like why this, this game was resonating with me. And I really wanted it to be from a very girly perspective. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, if we're talking stereotypes here, I want to almost make, myself a stereotype yeah. i want to just like go bananas on the pop culture references and like the shoes and like the makeup and my little cute elf and i don't want her to get hurt all that stuff is true that is me but i heightened it a little because i really wanted to show this game can be for everyone yeah. and i th- and i really thought it was important thinking about like other women like me who maybe did not grow up with any fantasy influence, didn't have cool dads like you guys that were like introducing them to, to D and D, but I wanted them to realize someone called us cool. Jason, mark that down. <laughs> oh, that's good on the tattoo. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sorry. Okay. Keep there you go. Yeah, sorry. I'll, I'll give you a blurb if you want. Nice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just, you know, I felt like, I really do want to shout it from the rooftops, ladies. If you, this is a game you never thought you would ever touch with a 10 foot pole. I realize that, but you're wrong. And we should all be playing it because there's amazing things happening at the table, but there's amazing things happening in real life to you as a person while you're playing this game. And I think like you, I'm sure you can attest to that, but the friendships that form at the table Right. The release that you get, you know, just from having this this group of people, the collective storytelling, the bonding, the 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 safe space that you can kind of test out, you know, mm-hmm. something like anything that that's just what's it like to be this type of character that's so different from who I am in real life. And this is a safe right. place to explore that. Or what what is it like to explore something that I'm truly grappling with in my own mind? I would, would I be accepted if I like, well, like, you know, dabbled a little bit here and there? Like, what, what is it like? But for me, it was really the friendship, the storytelling, the creative release, 
and the bonding that just was I, I've, I feel like I've been chasing the D&D high ever since that first game, like trying to figure out, trying to put in literally into words. Why does this game have the hold on people that it does? It's really cool. When so many games have been around longer than Dungeons and Dragons. But what is it about this game that yeah. when people talk about their first time playing, if they're taking you back, to you know the 70s and the 80s and like where did you get introduced to Dungeons and Dragons and they'll take they'll tell you like well what music was playing in the other room right. and what t-shirt they were wearing when mm. Bobby's older cousin showed up and pulled out the monster manual or like the Walden books they were at in the oh, mall and they were that like, brings back memories right yeah they'll, they'll go there and I think like you know the same is true even though it's been a few years for for both of you but you you've you get it like you mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. figured out what it is this game is special and it's hard to put yeah. into words unless yeah. unless you're like you know playing it then but, but i don't know that's so no cool. no no. it's funny it's funny because you said because of how you worded it it's almost a there's something non-palatable to it yeah um and even so you know i work a lot in analytics and data and stuff and jason as a researcher and as a teacher and all that does the same thing you'd think we wouldn't want to play more dice and yeah analytics and all that but there is a creativity portion we were talking jason and i were talking about this what does it mean to be a creative um to be a creative as they as a noun you know we all can be creative you know even in even in our very boring daily roles in what we do we can be creative but this is very a very different type of creative and i think for a lot of people that's new to them and i think you, you know i watch my daughter i got my daughter the red box with <laughs> the because she watched she watched she watches stranger things yeah i was gonna say yeah, you got the stranger things box up. right yeah it was a stranger mm -hmm. things box that had the the demigorgon yeah Demi, yeah demigorgon ca character uh, miniature so um, they're attracting, you know, the game attracts more than other ones. And I'm not going to show you my bookshelf because it's embarrassing as to what I have on there. But, um, yeah, there are other things out there, but there's something different. And I'm not saying that cause you're on, it's just, there's there. Well, and, and so you said, well, on that note then, cause Shelly, you said, you know, it's difficult to put, you know, to write this down, to put into words. It's, absolutely. That's what makes it such a cool experience. However, you did put it into words a second time. I mean, you wrote a second book. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. So how does that differ? What 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 prompted that? Was that like a Spaceballs 2 issue or was there more to say? <laughs> that was <laughs> that book was actually exactly my attempt at trying to put it into words, like figure oh, out what it it really was. Okay. And then I also like just I love knowing what Dungeons and Dragons, the positive impacts that it has on yeah. people. Uh -huh. So I wanted to see if like what can I be a better person if I'm like really go all in on this D and D thing? So I took some oh. of the tenets of, of D and D like uh, religion, you mm -hmm. know, I'm not a religious person in, in real life, but what if I did like try it? Like my character had a God that, that she worshiped. Yep. What would it be like if I tried to do that? If I lived my life according to like um, iconic D and D gods and, and what they believe right. and if right. like how would i how would that change or um just like general relationships in general is it you know playing D, D with with 
your friends or your partner and how that that impacts your relationships in real life off the table. Um, mm. I honestly can't remember what else I um, wrote about in that book. That's awesome. Uh, but yes, it was like, but really was like also, oh, I know um, dungeon masters, you know, mm -hmm. they're like, they, they, there's many skills that, that these people possess if there are truly a really good dungeon master. So I spent some time studying really good dungeon masters. So like, what do they all do? Like, that's in comp, like, what's the common thread here? And I want to employ some of those tactics in my real life like the ability to read a room they're all really good like soft skills that you right, right. can learn from dungeons and dragons but dming is especially a very yeah. specialized like there's a lot of skills that go into play with you know inter interplayer dynamics mm -hmm. um just always being able to like see like okay look, this player is bored because we're not in combat so i am right. gonna need to like drop a mimic or something like right why don't you just sit down on this chair and you know wait for them to finish the skill check and um you know i don't know like they always have awesome. to to be paying attention to those types of things and the ability to help weave the story and to make sure that every player kind of feels like they're being utilized in the right way and that everybody has a, a chance to shine and the not to mention like all of the of the creative parts like the world building yeah, yeah. The, you know, being the NPCs and okay, well, you, you're going uh, into the forest. I kind of thought you'd stay in town, but okay, we're in the forest now. Let's do it. Well, we'll go this way now. So um, yeah, like it just, there's, there's things that they do in game that I felt like I can mimic in my real life and I'm just going to be, you know, a better, a better person. So I kind yeah. of riffed off of popular self-help books. Yeah, like the seven habits of highly effective people, that kind of thing. But it was really like seven habits of really great dungeon masters. Um, and each chapter was focusing on a different part of, of my life. It was fun. It's so cool. You gave me, yeah, I, yeah, I'm speechless now because you, you, <laughs> Well, you that's a first <laughs> after yeah, like no, it's what? Been eight years. Yeah. So, well did done. you just nod off or something? No, I did not <laughs> off. No. He usually the does camera, that. the camera's here. So, if I look up here, then I can't see you here. Yeah. So, because I have a very amateur setup. So, um, <laughs> Jason makes fun. No, no, no. I, you know, lighter question. Just because you were, you've been talking about your characters. Mm -hmm. um, you know, obviously, you've you've created multiple characters. What's kind of the craziest or most unusual one that you've generated and you've actually played at length? That I played at, I you know, well, not like a not like a one off or anything like that. But I feel like Drunky Two Shoes is in that category. Uh, my Tabaxi. Sometimes I have a couple versions of Drunky. One where she's a ranger and one where she's a sorceress. Um, but I mostly play the sorceress version, and that's if you listen to the end of if you can get through an entire dragon talk at the end, then you'll hear Greg do a really quick little one on one session of D and D between he's the dungeon master and I play my character, Drunky Two Shoes. But because she's a tabaxi and a little bit drunk, um, mm -hmm. we kind of leaned into that. I she does very inappropriate things. Very, uh, I'm usually much more pragmatic when I play, yeah. uh, but, or that's just the type of characters that I feel like they're usually like, you know, wizards and sorcerers and they think they're very thinky characters, mm -hmm. but this one's just like, um, I'm, 
she's rolling through Waterdeep casting magic. And everyone's like, you can't do that here. You have to register your met. And she's like, oh, making up signs like available for parties, like using prestidigitation to do things like that. Just like trolling <laughs> all of the, the Waterdeep, you know, officials. And I love playing her because I just feel like, oh, I screwed up but that's my character. I'm mm. playing in character, like hand over some inspiration because that's just what my character would do. It's really, it's very fun to play that character. You, uh, you've been really indulgent with your time tonight. We really appreciate it, Shelly. We've got one more question for you. Okay. Given, given, given the topic and all of your writing, if, if you were chatting with one or a, a group of young women, who yes. had, you know, they just somehow they came upon you and it's like, oh, she knows something of d and uh, If they were to ask you, you know, why should I get into D&D or, or any role playing game for that matter? Wh why? Why is a young woman? How would you respond to that? Okay. Can I tell you this sort of happened? Yeah. Really? So I also, I, I don't know how much you know about my, my DMing history it, it didn't go well and then I <laughs> and then for years i'm like i want to try it again but i'm too scared i and i have been very scared to try it but um there are my neighbors have there's a nine-year-old twin girls mm -hmm. and i'm very good friends with with their mom and we, our families hang out all my son is in their class like we're all very good friends they're very very shy like to the point where like they just head down like mm -hmm. not you know they don't they're very very shy they're they're great they're great kids but they're that's you know i um i must have brought in i guess when school started my son started third grade and i sent him in with all of the young adventurers um, handbooks that jim zub and stacy king wrote that yeah. those are amazing books if you know any kids in your life that it's just a great intro to DD, really fun books and then some of the endless quest books to put in her library and <clears throat> my son came home and he goes well you're gonna have to get more books i'm like well, why what happened he goes because like, miss sisson held them up for free free reading independent reading time and she said does anybody want to read these dungeons and dragons books that quinn's mom brought in and he said that chaos broke out wow that they just were like leaping over each other's desks trying to get the books and it was like such chaos that she made everybody sit down sit down sit down like they can't even be that close to each other because of covid but they were like like crawling over each other trying to get the books and then she had to draw names out of a hat to see which of us was going to get to read those oh. books. So that's number one. Yeah. I don't even think these kids know what Dungeons and Dragons right. really is, but maybe they heard the words Dungeons and Dragons and they got excited. Um, some of them do know what D&D is because, again, they have parents that have played mm -hmm. it and introduced them to it. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so my my friend, the twins mom, she a few weeks ago, she said, hey, Megan asked me if if I know anything about Dungeons and Dragons. And she said, I said, Megan, I, I don't, but Shelly and Bart, you know, they work for Dungeons and Dragons. And she was like, I, I think I want to learn how to play. Cool. Well, you guys, how, how can I say no? Right. Like that's, I just feel like that's my, that's, 
my, my, my purpose here on the, all of us, any of right. you who know how to play D and D, if a kid asks you, yeah, you have to. a girl asks how to learn how to play D and D, you, you have, you have to just drop everything and <laughs> teach them. So long story short, I played, I DM, I got over my fear and I'm like, I'm doing it for, I had yeah. uh, Bart played the two twins played and uh, my son played. Now, one of the girls wanted to be a bard and I'm like, oh, okay. Total people do that. They play the opposite of themselves. They, right. they deliberately create characters that are unlike them, but she just, she went with you know, a pre-generated bard. The other one wanted to be a rogue. My son was a wizard. Guys, they lit up. They came to life. They like, why well, I was like, oh, the, her name was actually Bard. She named herself Bard. Bard, like you have to talk to these dwarves and like you have the highest charisma. You most likely are probably the one that should do it. She's probably the more shy of the twins. Yeah. And she was like, okay. So she just and, like goes up to them and the other one's like illustrating That's like so what cool. she does when yeah. as a, like as a rogue and she's picking locks and she's doing this and she's doing that. And I'm like, oh, this is like, I'm getting goosebumps even just yeah. thinking about yeah. it. Like, they they just they totally got it and i i sat them down at first and i said so this this game is about cooperation and collaboration and you you're not playing against each other and that blew their mind they yeah, were like yeah. oh what no no you're a team you have to work together to to accomplish this goal okay cool that alone i think is important for girls because very early on somehow yeah. they get it into their little cute little brains that they're each other's enemies and there's there they can be very competitive i don't know if you see that with with your daughters or if you saw it when they were younger not. thank god yeah. but there's a lot of like pettiness and yeah. fight that happens at yeah. kind of a, a young age and one of the the things that D teaches you is that cooperation collaboration and supporting each other and those bonds that can can form those friendships are really important female friendships are very important yeah. there's i mean even at my ripe old age my girlfriends are like they're they're everything like yeah, i yeah. i need those those friends in my life and i think that's something that dnd is really good at fostering and we've we've definitely talked to people who teachers um yeah. ethan uh dr or, or mr e at the lake washington girls middle school he's um you know, has DM'd and started a DD club for girls, nice. for middle school girls, especially nice. middle school. You know yeah. what that's like. Mm-hmm. And he's, he has seen like these girls mm-hmm. are just, they're kinder to each other. They're, they are supportive of each other. And those are things that, that will last you. Yeah. I think the other thing that's really powerful that always stayed with me was we, we've talked to Dr. Megan Connell, who's a psychologist, and she uses DD in her practice. And she has also used uh, or run D&D games for young girls with the sole, not the sole purpose, but like a big purpose of teaching them empowerment and um, having agency and being able to say no. No. And that's, those are things that are, that are very, very hard for girls. Girls are, are pleasers. And they don't want to rock the boat always. And it's even as adults, like I even still find myself in situations where I'm like, okay, I don't want to do this, but okay. You know, but she actually runs them through games where 
they're in situations where they have to stand up for themselves and they have to stand up for each other and they're and they really do gain confidence and empowerment and these are again things that that's like the concept of bleed you know even though it's happening to you in the fantasy you and it's happening to you in game it still affects you as a person and they may when they get into a situation where they're uncomfortable and they don't they want they don't like what's happening they want to say no they want to stop something they may go back and remember what it was what it's like in game when a similar situation happened and they said no and they were successful so that's the kind of stuff that i think stays with them so i just i think it's important for all kids i would not turn turn down boys or girls who wanted Mm -hmm. to learn how to play Mm -hmm. dnd but i think it's especially important as somebody who was a young girl You know that this is, even though it's a game, it really can teach you very important life skills. And I just, uh, you'll just, you'll just be a better human. That gives me goosebumps just because my daughter um, was uh, suffered from selective mutism, which is a form of social anxiety. Okay. So at school, no Mm -hmm. talking, no eating, no bathroom. She'd come home and do all that. So... In hindsight, what would it have been like? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, would she come? She she's come out of her shell. Mm-hmm. But what would it have been different, yeah. just based off of your experience with those two nine-year-old girls? And those mm-hmm. were those were my daughter. Yeah. So to hear them do that, I'm, yes. it's a little self-serving for me to feel this way, just because I'm. It's not. Like, no, it's it's good. personal for you. you. Know, yeah. I just I love to hear that, and I think I think for everybody listening, yeah. you can be a terrible dungeon master. But if you're, if you're, you know, obviously doing it with your sons and daughters and friends and a safe environment and everything like that, look what, look at you can help them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, even yeah. if you're not DMing for, you know, folks that are twitching or anything like that, you know, the, the changes exactly. you can do. Mm-hmm. So. I, and I think about it like, you know, 20, 30 years from now, if they keep, if, even if they just play 10 more times in their life, like it, right. it still felt foundational, like, you know, it they could they could look back at D and think like this is where you know i learned i came out of my shell this is where i felt like the most comfortable this is where i decided that i want to tell stories this is where i could see either of them taking the role of dungeon yeah. master and the yeah. thought of like you know somebody asking them well how did you learn where did you learn how to play D and yeah. to think like they could say my neighbor's mom she spent a Sunday afternoon. She gave us tons yeah. of nerds candy and gummy worms and she just made us play D and D together. And like, yeah. it's just like, Oh, I just want to be part of, I want to be part of that for this, all these generations coming up and whether that's literally DMing for them or yeah. just working on the game at wizards of the coast <laughs> in a suburb of Seattle, just, yeah. you know, keep cranking out these, these great books and products and knowing that they will find them their way into these young kids hands it's really special i just love it thank you so much for spending this time with us shelly I, I have to interrupt and ask yeah. you, will you will you come back again some point because we like love any you. time Anytime. thank you so much it, thank it, you. we know we loved our time with you we really appreciate this and you bringing your voice and for reminding us all what the real magic in D is i right I agree. not just in the books it's it's just been wonderful thank you Oh, I'm so glad. It's it's been a delight talking to both of you as well. Wow, Brad. What what an interview. Shelly, 
is such a lovely, gracious person. And like I said in the interview, I some of the things she said this evening, I, I'm going to be thinking about for a while in, in a real positive way. Yeah, I think, you know, even for, what's the best way to put this? Um, I'm just going to speak for me. I like to believe that I'm enlightened, um, but I'm obviously I still have a ways to go. And listening and, and that discussion tonight is going to cause a lot of good introspection in, yeah. in, in terms of not only our gaming, what mm-hmm. we do for gaming and what we talk about with gaming, yeah. but just in general, just, just listening to her talk about, you know, using the game to try to better oneself. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I, I was at that point, I didn't even know what to say at that point. Cause I just, that yeah. never, you know, you and I create, you know, you've created for, for star Wars. I've created for D and D. Um, we play, we've both taken a great amount of time to do our world building, which we mm-hmm. talked about previously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that was all creative and fun, but coming at it now, I, I wish I would have come at it from the perspective of how can I build a world that, um, can be more inclusive and idealistic. I just, it just, well, it's, I mean, I, I think of Gandhi, right? Build, build the world you want to see. And with, yeah. with D and D or whatever game one might want to play, there's that possibility, you know, when just a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about the perspective of the GM as the showrunner. Yeah. Well, a lot of that is being a world builder. So, so yeah. So again, Shelly, thank you so much. We wish you continued success uh, uh, with Dragon Talk and and major success with that third book coming out in a year or so. Uh, you can count on us uh, to be be some of your first readers. Uh, I think with that, we should wander over to the GM corner. Uh, what what else is up? What's on your mind, Brett? Yeah, I'll. You know, oh, he's next- smiling. Uh-oh. Maybe maybe next episode. Actually, not maybe. Next episode, I'm I'm gonna probably have some more thoughts on this one in a really good way. It's just it was yeah. such it, a, it was a fantastic discussion. Um, there was a book. I think I took a picture of it and sent you, it to you. So Brad, just just yesterday, as we record this, perhaps yes. Um, and so and and we're a few weeks out from this dropping this episode Ooh. dropping, but a few uh, just yesterday, last night, I was reading. And I get this bunch of texts from you, but one was a photo of two books, actually. Yes. And I was very happy for you. No, you weren't. Yes, but, I was. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. yes, Candle Keep Mysteries. Which is one of my, maybe my favorite. Yeah, your favorite book that I didn't have is and then, in the library. Hot off the press. Hot off the press, which I love, is Fisbin's Treasury of Dragons. Okay, do you, let's so let's just i don't need a let's just talk about this because this intrigues me for gm corner too so last night you sent me a couple of screen pics just to the table of contents to give me an impression of what was it because i asked you what let me know what it's like okay yeah. it's been 24 hours since you sent me the almost exactly since you sent me those that those photos mm-hmm. you love it already talk about that i you know we, we talk about this, obviously, with, with Shelly. You know, we briefly come up, how did we end up playing? Um, I didn't play, but I read a lot. Yeah. You know, we both, I mean, that, you know, that's, we both read a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, 
It's in fact the two the series of books. I think I still have them on my shelf. Maybe I don't. Um, the Dragonlance series. Yeah. So, Send me a picture of those today. <laughs> yes, the original, the original Chronicles, the first three books by Weiss and Hickman. Which, um, which, sorry, just interject because of yeah. our interview. They were written by two female authors. Yeah, Margaret Weiss, Tracy Hickman. Yep. At a time when it was much more difficult to women to break into either the fantasy or the sci-fi writing genres. Yeah, and if and and I'll come back to the book in a second, but if yeah. just 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 on that point, um, I don't think people realize how much women are involved in these games that we all play, and how yeah. we never gave them a seat at the table, the table of the games that they wrote. We we being with. historically a bunch of young and middle-aged guys yeah 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 it's almost embarrassing in many ways but getting back to the original topic i've always been fascinated with dragons especially and yeah in in the context of the game okay so not like i have no i'm not judging around the house but Hmm. but well i don't i'm not trying you've judged me for 30 years i'm okay with that yeah that's fair. Um, that that that's highly accurate <laughs> go I on just, i just <laughs> having a i haven't dug into the tome yet but just this idea of uh, this will be this is going to be the first one that i am going to like sit and binge read are you serious um, i i'm serious because for some reason you know what's interesting is is the dungeons never as appealed to me as much as the dragons did yeah that's fair yep. so um this idea of you know being a uh amateur dm and now having this material on dragons and having your first major battle bring it yeah with a dragon um i'll have to come back and give you a more detailed uh, uh, review of it but just based off of the table of contents that i sent you and starting to read into it i know some people have said that it's 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 somewhat limited in terms of its material compared to prior stuff but you know what i'm looking over on my shelf it looks super comprehensive it 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 is i think it is okay okay so, so i i have to i have to ask you a question and let me yeah. let me set this up for our listeners cuz dear listeners uh, you may not know this about brad but Brad has always been attracted to shiny new objects. So like, oh and you've even, you've said, to me, said this to me a few years ago, like movies, right? I'm picking on you for a sec, but it's true. Yeah. Movies. You finally said to me, okay, I realized that every time I see a movie for the first time, it's the best movie ever. And then a few days later, I can judge it. So Except for, except for the sequel trilogy, that broke the mold. Yeah, fair enough. Um, good movie is just not good canon, but we digress. Not the best so yet. yeah, so okay, so and uh, and we're talking about Star Wars, obviously. I know where you're going, but ask so the question. so how? It, okay, so I know that's a little unfair because yeah, it's a new book and it's beautifully you know pr- produced as they all are from Wizards. But uh, what's your uh, gauging your own response? How uh, how enamored do you think you're going to stay with this one? Why why and why? Yeah, and um, why? So. This is a consolidated book of material around a facet of the game yeah. that has fascinated me. Yeah. The yeah. idea of dragons. Now, don't get me wrong, you know, I've watched I've watched the Hobbit trilogy, great, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch made a great dragon. True. Um true. You know, but within the context of the game, they had they've always had um 
a diverse, you know, genus or yeah, or right, yeah. There's all kinds of around around absolutely. dragons. Yep, and and the idea of just just a comp- just a in effect a a omnipedia of that material for the current game. Now uh, the the book gets way into the history though, right? Like like it's like a natural history of them or no? In some ways, yes. Now I'll be able to tell you more and more detail yeah. once I get through it cuz like yeah. I said I got it last night and I haven't had a chance to dig in. But, you know, we've both talked about reading Tasha's great book, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you know, Xanathar's great, Volo's good, you know, Morton Keynes. I mean, you know, every everything what are you laughing? Everything at? they've published, I have is, loved. Is the greatest. Yes, <laughs> right? there you said. I rest my case here. Yeah, but I mean, all good, all great material. Yeah, it um, is. It is. That that those are all very diverse books. Mm-hmm. Lots of different types of material. See, and this is really focused. This is really focused. I think you know, for me who tends to not be that way in some areas. Um, you know, in work, I have to be that way. So sometimes I get a yeah. little lax yeah. elsewhere. Yeah. This will allow me to focus yet escape because it's nice. about one topic. Okay. Yep. Um, but escape a one topic of reality. You know, mm-hmm. so um, as mm-hmm. soon as I saw this, well, just like what's the, um, oh gosh, what's the name of the next book that's coming out? You should know this one. Oh. Uh- oh oh yeah so i've actually gone i i, yeah. I backed off of that yeah um you actually convinced me a little bit um the 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 university book i'm yes. sorry guys we're blocking on the name uh yeah. it's rapidly approaching our bedtime um uh i actually backed off of that because reading comments uh reading what some of the authors uh, have posted about that and and reading a, uh, watching an interview m- maybe during the D celebration actually um watching an interview with with uh, chris perkins and some of the other creatives behind it 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 sounds like it's pretty clearly geared for a young audience right like okay. a like a a, a, a like a, a, a mid middle school to maybe college age audience and it's more adventure based. And like we've talked about before, that's, that's not so much my thing. I, uh, if it were like setting it up kind of like candle keep to, to, well, we'll see when it comes up, Brad, right? If it yeah. sets up the university, like candle keep sets up candle keep, um, then, then I'll be all over it. Yeah. I, it'll be interesting to see how that one plays yeah. out and it'll, and, and I'll give you a more detailed, um, I'll, I'll, my my feelings on uh, in a few days yeah. And, yeah that's for the next yeah. episode but you're impressed with it yeah neat yeah. really cool yeah. yeah what about you honestly i'm i'm more interested in fizzbones than than anything um though i have to say it and i've been thinking about this for the past well no i guess it's for the past 24 hours because when you sent me that photo uh on text uh it it makes me want to go back to candle keep uh uh, I just, I really, I just, I, I love that environment for games. And, and like I said, some, someday if I ever GM a D and D game for us, it would be a one shot and it would be in candle keep. I just let's, think that's too compelling. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that offline. Cause it might be, you know, cause we are obviously I'm focusing now on the star Wars game. That you started. <laughs> 
because yep. and and we could talk about that next time. But yeah, though we should um, we should provide the listeners an update that we are in fact the past week we 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 and we've brought our friend Brian into it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we we started to play hybrid on on Facebook successfully. We're in scene two, and um, uh, I'm sorry, we're in act two uh, of 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 the adventure, and we're doing some if you will, offline texting, yep. right? To answer questions back and forth. Um, I'm helping you guys with some of the roles and stuff like that. And, um, and it, it's been great fun. And we're just spending little bits of time here and there. And that's the whole point of it. And that's but the whole point of it. But we're you in it. it. And, yep. you know, learning the dice pool, you know, for those that are new to or haven't played FFG, you have to build a pool of dice yep. to roll. Right, um, right. And Very I was telling Jason before, this is new. I'm, yep. I'm still grasping it, but... Um, the more we play this, the more Genesis will be clearer and the better off and more interesting it'll be when we start to adapt Star Trek. That's right. And and so maybe a good place to end the, this episode is uh, everybody stay tuned for next week when uh, Brad and I are going to to start going back to some thoughts about dice and mechanics and real life, you know how it works. We 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 started there. We wander for a bit. We come back. Um, we're gonna we're just gonna have an episode again on on real life decision making. Yeah, kind of like if you listen to our intro where we talk about rolling dice based right. off of decisions and all. Right. We're gonna come back to that just yeah. as kind of a refresher and right. for some fun. So for the next week, everybody, Brad is going to use a d twenty. And roll it every time he interacts with his wife. And that will dictate his response set. Because let's face it, it can only help. Yeah, and 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 her she's gonna in response roll a six-sided die that all say no on every side. So, right, right. I mean that that seems that seems fair, unless yeah, unless she rolls a six and that's on the wild die, and then then it'll then you're in a world of hurt again. But we've been yeah. there. Yeah. yeah, let's let's move on. <laughs> let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. As always, um, we're really glad you were here for the interview with Shelly Mazinoble. Um, we really encourage you to reach out to us, reach out to her. Please think about what she said. Think about what we've been yes. discussing for the past couple of weeks. This this isn't a one shot, if you will. Uh, Brad and I, in episodes future, will be coming back to this notion. Uh, uh, that everybody has and must have a seat at the table because it's one of the reasons we started this podcast. It's one of the things that invigorates us. Um, it's one of the reasons I love Star Trek because we haven't talked about Star Trek and I got it in there. Well, and, and, be, and before you go, let's be honest. If you aren't allowing that, then you are behind. If you aren't allowing it, you're part of the problem. Yeah. So, yeah. so encourage it. Everybody, as always, be well, stay well. We will see you next week. <laughs>